The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. Our guest this week is a true friend of the podcast. I smile every time he's on because I learn so much from him. He is a music industry expert, author, podcaster, and a creator of the Music 3.0 blog. You can find out more about his work by visiting www.bobbyowsinski.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Always happy to welcome Bobby Osinski to the Break the Business podcast. How are you doing, sir? So far, so good, Ryan. Thank you for having me. So far, so good. Yeah, so uh, no, 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 nothing terrible yet in the first minute and four seconds of our <laughs> podcast. It's always good to start strong. I want to talk to you this week, Bobby, about social media. And I know I can have you on to talk about almost any topic. You've written dozens of books about all sorts of subjects. But I got social media on the brain this week because you wrote a really cool article in your Music 3.0 blog recently uh, called The Latest Guide to Social Media Posts. And it had some really good data in it about different social media platforms and how you can use them effectively. And and the timing is good because lately I have a lot of artists asking me about which platforms are best and how do I use the different platforms differently to maximize success. And you uh, reviewed a study from Planable and Social Insider that had some hard data about social media engagement. So let me ask you this one, starting about platforms. If I'm an artist and I'm looking for the platform that's going to give me the highest engagement rate, the most interaction from my fans, generally what platform tends to be the best? Well, Instagram for sure, but especially for artists and musicians, because Instagram users tend to be more into music than any of the other platforms. So you can't go wrong with it. Mostly anyway, I yeah. mean, you, you can go wrong with any of them if you don't use them right, but that's probably the, the best one at the moment. And obviously it's going to vary so much uh, case case by case and depending where your audience is and who they are. But um, I, I was pretty intrigued to see that Instagram has a significantly higher engagement rate than a platform that I know a lot of artists use and a platform that I love, which is Twitter. I was surprised to find that Twitter's engagement rate was so much lower. Uh, why do you think that is? Well, Twitter use has pretty much plateaued. And the way I see it lately, it, it seems to be more of a platform for journalists, sports figures, celebrities. They tend to get not as much engagement as you'd think, but they do get a lot and they get the most attention. I think for the average user, though, it's it's very much declined in how useful it is. I, I know for me, I, I've seen it really decline over the last couple of years in terms of uh, how useful it is for promotion. So if I'm an indie artist and my promotion time and resources are finite and I'm sort of trying to figure out where I want to gravitate more towards instead of in, in terms of promoting my music career, it sounds like you might, in, in most cases, all things equal, be better served by focusing your efforts more on Instagram than Twitter, it sounds like. Yeah, that's what I would suggest, especially for, again, for an artist, a musician. You can't go wrong because that, um, that platform, Instagram, has the most avid 
music fans on it. So, you know, there is your audience. Also, it has younger fans. So if you tend to go more in the pop side or you have uh, fairly young followers for your music, then that's the place to reach them because they're not on Facebook. Yeah, I was really intrigued by that. And it's having me like really give some thought to my own Twitter strategies. I love that platform because in addition to following indie artists, I do follow a lot of journalists and sports figures and folks in the education industry because that's a big part of my legal and consulting work as well. But uh, it's, you know, that 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 caused me to really uh, do, do a lot of soul searching. Uh, so how, how would you say Facebook fits in all of this for indie artists? Uh, it does have it does seem to have an engagement rate that's higher than Twitter, but the audience tends to skew older. Is that right? Yeah, it does. I've personally found it to be very successful for lead generation, for general promotion. It's worked great. So I have no problems personally. That being said, I have an older following for the most part. Mm. But if you have, um, let's say, a teen following, even um, a little past that, maybe 24, 13, 24, that's your following. They're probably not on Facebook. And if they are, they're not there often. So if you're trying to promote to them, you need a platform where they're there all the time, and that's Instagram. Wow. And so now let's shift from the choice of platform to what to post on that platform once you've built your presence there. Uh, you, you wrote a lot in your article about the sort of social media posts that tend to get the best engagement. So if I'm an indie artist and I'm trying to figure out the best sort of posts that are, are going to get my fans talking, that are going to create some real genuine interaction so that the social media is not just a one-sided conversation, could you give me some advice on what what the nature of the post that I should be really uh, heavily exploring? Well, shorter posts tend to get better engagement and better reactions in general. Now, that being said, if it's too short and doesn't have enough information, then it's not useful either. But I think the general feeling is somewhere between 120 and 140 characters is kind of the sweet spot. Mm. As far as what you should be posting, you know, again, I, I always tell people that they're really concentrating on three things. It's, first of all, you're informing people of what you're doing. So that either means what you've just worked on, what you're working on now, or what you're about to work on. Or if you're an artist where you had just performed, where you're performing currently or about to, and then in the future. Now, that being said, you can't be too self-promotional because at some point in time, that'll turn people off. So there has to be some engagement and some some posts that actually go outside of promotion-centric, shall we say. So that usually means you can stay on topic and still be interesting. You could, in the case of of Twitter, for instance, you can retweet things that are interesting to you and are on topic. So then that way it's not always coming from you. So I, you know, again, it, there's no magic formula, I don't think, because you see this change often. But for the most part, the things I just mentioned have stayed the same for hmm, four or five years anyway. Yeah, I from what I've heard from a lot of uh, publicists and other folks who really work hard in the social media game is they often will say that 
listeners and the people that are following you on social media, they crave authenticity. If, if you're, it looks like your social media account's basically just like a promotional machine for you and isn't really providing an authentic voice and, and people don't feel like there's a real human being behind that keyboard, it's going to turn them off. And in terms of not just posting things about your own career and, and things that you're up to and promoting yourself, uh, I know a, a guest we have on this podcast all the time, somebody I love hearing from on this subject, Ariel Hyatt, says that it's really important with your social media posts to not just shine the light on yourself, but shine the light on others to uh, talk about people that you care about out in music or in other forms of media and art and talk about the great things they're doing. And then perhaps those same people will shine the light on you in return. And I think that's true. And it certainly does work. Again, being genuine about it, you have to personally care about those particular artists, people you're talking about. Mm. Mostly because if you're not, then that will shine through as well. So many times I think artists are, they think to themselves, okay, if I mention another artist that I don't particularly care about, but I think will gather me, you know, a larger audience, then that will help me. But that's not a positive strategy because people can read right through that, whether you're genuinely talking about posting about something that you care about or not. Yeah, it still has to come from an authentic voice, it sounds like. And and you know, music fans, I, I've said this a lot on this podcast, uh, more than ever, they have a really strong BS detector. They know when something's not authentic, and they can sniff it out right away. Um, a couple other points that you made in your article about types of posts that uh, can either have more or less engagement. You talked about that contests and giveaways from your research tend to get very high engagement but uh, posts uh, with uh, featuring tutorials tend to, uh, according to the data, not get engagement. Uh, could could you reflect on that a bit? I was uh, interested in some of those findings. I had never heard such things about either contest giveaways or tutorials. Well, I was surprised about the tutorial part. Contests and giveaways have always been oh, pretty high on the list, though, in terms of engagement. The problem that you have is there are certain ways to do it. And if you don't follow a particular method, and it's different for every single platform, if you don't follow it to the letter, you can violate the terms of, of service of that particular platform. So that's the downside of it. In many cases, especially on Facebook, it requires a third party in order to pull off, which means you're going to spend a little bit of money. But I think it's worth it in the end because you'll end up getting a lot more engagement because people like to get free stuff. Oh, without a doubt. If there is a if there is a solid law of the universe in this industry, it's always people love free. Um, so b- before we get to our last question, that's um, you know always a crowd pleaser on this podcast. Uh, I wanted to give you an opportunity, if you don't mind, uh, is are there any other overarching social media tips that you like to share with uh, you know musicians who approach you and ask you just how they can be more effective on social media? Maybe something from the article that you really enjoyed writing about, but well, we didn't get a chance to cover. Well, I think one thing is to concentrate on one platform and get really good at it. One of the things that we have at our fingertips are too many choices. And this is kind of all encompassing when it's all said and done. But when it comes to social media, especially if you want to have enough time to keep on creating as a musician, as an artist, you know, you're not going to be able to do that if you have too many platforms that you have to worry about every day. It's hard enough with just one. 
So I think the best thing is to specialize in that one and get really, really good at it before you venture out into another one. Uh, terrific insight. And there's plenty more terrific insight where that came from, listeners. If you go to bobbyosinski.com, uh, he's one of my favorites in the industry, folks. Uh, you, and you're, and you're going to be hard-pressed to find somebody more prolific in terms of the things that he's written. Dozens of books, podcasts, blogging. You can learn a lot about this business just by going to bobbyosinski.com and just getting lost in all the great stuff that he's written and otherwise put together. Definitely check that out, folks. Bobby, it's always a pleasure to have you on this podcast. Before we let you go this week, do you have any last tips to share with the indie artist listeners out there to help them move their careers forward? No, it's funny. I was just having a conversation with a longtime friend, and we came to the same conclusion. The people that actually make it in the business are the ones that aren't necessarily the most talented. They're the ones that can hang in the longest. There's a lot of attrition in the business where people will decide, well, it's not worth it. I'm not getting paid enough. I have another opportunity. But when my friend and I looked back at our careers, the people that we knew from the beginning that are still here are the ones that just, again, they weren't necessarily the most talented, but they're the ones that chose to stick it out. So I think that's the biggest thing. You have to decide that if you're in this, you're really in it. And it will pay off sooner or later. Now, that being said, what is success? And for many, success is paying the bills. Just being able to do that is maybe the new success. It's not becoming a star. It's not making millions of dollars. It's being able to make a living. Absolutely. Uh, excellent insight. And uh, it, it does reflect a lot of the re- social science research that you're seeing, uh, not just in the music industry, but in most professions where the what tends to separate the successful from the ones who don't quite make it is just good old fashioned grit is sticking it out even when others start to walk away who might be in your position. And uh, I'm glad you're sharing that insight with us here. Bobby Osinski, everybody. Always a pleasure to have him on the show. Thank you so much for being on this week, sir. Thank you so much, Ryan. And thank you all for listening to the Break the Business podcast.